You are listening to Firm Up, the fermented food podcast where we get together every week to discuss anything and everything fermented. This is episode 98, and we have some special guests in one of our studios. Today, I'm here with Austin Durant and Brent Sonata of Fermenters Club. They've, uh, they've, they started a project last year producing fermentation festivals beginning in uh, their kind of home base. San Diego, and they just recently did the Oregon Fermentation Festival, which was last weekend, and I attended that festival with my boss. So I'm, I'm with them today, so we can talk a little bit about that new this new project that they're working on. And uh, yeah, hi Austin. Hi Tara. Hey, hi Brent. Hi Tara. Thanks hey. for having us today in your beautiful studio. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Well, let's 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 start with uh, this most recent event, uh, Oregon Fermentation Festival. For all of us that didn't go, what did we miss out on? Oh boy, it was it was it was quite a fun day. Um, the setting was a 150-acre uh, working farm, about 30 minutes uh, northwest, not even 30, 20 minutes northwest of Portland. Beautiful, this beautiful island called Savi Island, which is right at the confluence of the Willamette and Columbia Rivers. So just just beautiful country. And um, so that was the magical setting. And we basically, you know, put together a celebration of fermented foods and beverages. I mean, that's sort of what 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 this idea has been about, um, you know, and we we had a couple dozen makers, you know, local and regional makers from around the Pacific Northwest uh, come together and uh, we created this maker's marketplace where everybody could collaborate and uh and talk with one another. And uh, we had a, a, another major component of these these festivals is education as well as entertainment. So we had eight different uh, workshops from various local experts um, talking about various things from miso, how to make miso, to how to make kimchi, how to brew beer, sort of all, you know, all the, the popular um, ferments. And uh, so that that uh, was was very well received. And then we also had a do-it-yourself pickle station. As cucumbers are are, are popping now here in uh, in the uh, Portland area, so uh, guests could come in. They got a mason jar. We had sort of like a little assembly line where they could learn as they themselves uh, created their own jar of uh, cucumber dill pickles to take home and ferment. So lots of stuff going on, and then and and again we had we had some some three local bands and and some sort of theatrical performances, and uh, yeah, it was just it was it was great. It was a fun day, fun day out at the farm. Good turnout. Yeah, yeah, it was a good turnout. There were there were definitely some competing events going on because um, it's it's basically like festival season <laughs> up here. Sure. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's, so uh, you know there was there was. It, it, as a first year, we'll say we we, we were pleased with uh, with what happened, but you know because you know we, this this is this is an experiment, a project as Tara called it. Um, we had uh, such a warm uh, welcome in a, like in our hometown in San Diego, and such an overwhelmingly positive response that uh, you know we we definitely had the vision of creating the same atmosphere in in different towns while celebrating. Uh, the regional, you know, makers and the people that are in those those other communities. So, so yeah, this is uh, that's what the festival circuit is about. And this is Brent here. Um, a lot of my focus was on actually creating, bringing all the makers together, and 
making the first contacts of that. And I have to say, uh, so far as how the festival went, uh, a lot of really positive, um, encouraging words of support after the festival. And uh, it's definitely something um, we brought to the community in a format that they've never seen before, and they're excited about seeing more of it in the future. And that's really what it's about. So um, whether it's guests who attended the festival that had a great time, and now they're going to tell their friends and family, you need to be at this next year. I actually literally heard someone on their telephone talking to a friend saying, we're at the fermentation festival. Where are you? You're completely missing out. So, uh, yeah, it, it was just a wonderful experience bringing together so many different people um, and people, you know, for example, have never made their own lacto-fermented cucumbers before. And uh, it was great for them to have that experience to really gain some confidence in the craft. Yeah, I definitely noticed um, my my bus was full the entire day, which was really great. That That doesn't happen all the time at festivals. I didn't know you were going to allow so, it in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that was great. And there were a lot of people new to fermentation. Like Brent said, there were a lot of people who hadn't yet made lacto-fermented vegetables. So I was really impressed by the number of, of newcomers, right. um, which is really important, you know, in this like, raising awareness, um, you know, bringing bringing uh, ferments far, further and wider, making this education a lot more accessible. So it's a great thing. Yeah. And that is our target audience. I mean, Tara's totally, totally picking up on it. And when we do, for example, our community outreach to let them know about our events, whether it be a festival or a workshop, our target audience is that, that neophytes or someone who's interested in learning more about uh, fermented foods in general or how to make a specific fermented food. And, and it's great to just get them in the culture. So what was it like doing a uh, festival in a location where you don't, uh, don't live? I mean, what, what were the challenges of getting it? Did everything go smoothly? I mean, shockingly, yeah. I, I got here on the ground about five weeks actually in advance of the festival. Bobby so I was planning a lot of the festival months in advance of that from a different location. But yeah, it was the people here were just so welcoming and – I mean, there were so many different areas where we could have had challenges, like uh, finding entertainment, for example. Uh, we were just blessed to meet somebody who works with the farm who he had all the entertainment contacts. So instead of us calling around onesie twosie, he already knew exactly who to call and who would be within budget and who would have a great you know, vibe for the festival we're doing. Um, so that's one example. Another would be uh, we even actually had a photo, um, like a selfie station um, photo stockade where you put your face through, um, a, basically it's a, a graphic, there was a Napa cabbage and then a, a cucumber, a pickle. So, nice. um, and that was actually provided by a vendor that contacted us last minute that wanted to spread the word about their um, green energy project they were doing and they offered that up. So, I mean, all these things that we'd wanted to do, all these folks in the community made it so much easier. So I, I really can't say enough about the support um, all the people who work with during the process, whether it be Don Kruger of Kruger's Farm and his family, um, or all our different makers, you know, Pitch Dark Chocolate did a TV spot with us on Fox 11, Soda Organic Tonic, Dave and Allie, they're a father and daughter team. So we really met some just uh, wonderful people, the type of people, you know, you'd, you'd like to have over for dinner every night um, at your place. Uh, so that's, that's probably been the biggest blessing of it all. Did you choose Oregon for any specific reason? Um, 
Do you, do you find that certain communities may fit better with what kind of festival you're trying to, to do? Or did you just luck out and just have a wonderful community there? Just luck of the draw. Well, you know, every, there's a, there's a, a bit of luck to every sort of decision. So, um, but it wasn't just throwing a dart on a, you know, on a map. We knew that, um, I, I lived in Portland very briefly, a uh, long time ago, ages, eons ago. And, and, you know, you, you know, Portlandia and all that, like you, you, there just is a vibe of, uh, what we call like a, a higher food IQ than, you know, than maybe some other parts of the country. So we knew that that was already sort of a reality and there's a huge beer culture here. So, um, you know, we took an educated guess that, that it would be a good, you know, and it's, a, and it's just a, a nice size, sizable West coast city. So that, 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 that sort of was our, uh, was our rough criteria. And then when we, uh, sort of put the feelers out, um, and started seeing like a really positive response, uh, for people wanting to either be involved or to attend, like that, that uh, solidified our decision um, to have it in the in the area. Now, I'm I'm kind of curious because you've been on the show before, Austin, and and uh, everyone should go back and listen to that episode, and I'll put that in the the show notes. Um, you've gone from uh, teaching a lot of uh, workshops, doing a lot of events, to then uh, now expanding to this, and um, maybe some listeners are like, "Oh my gosh, I would love to start doing some some fermentation festivals uh, in my area that uh, that maybe you are not going to venture into." Um, what what should people start doing? Uh, because I'm assuming, maybe leading into that question, I was kind of assuming that it probably means start smaller and start with some different things, probably not j- leap right into the festival. Or would you suggest people just uh, jump in and, and do a festival? Ooh, yeah. Um, I would say that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very large amount of work. I mean, it's a, there are so many elements that you can, that need to be taken care of and layered in. I mean, it's a full on, I mean, it's a full on production. So, um, if you're new to that whole, if you're not in like event management, production management, it would, uh, it'd probably be pretty daunting, but I certainly think it, it could start out, you know, you could some, start something out and then scale it up as you, as you learn and as things become, you know, more, more popular. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, my personal leap, so to speak was, yeah, we were doing workshops kind of around town and I, you know, personally, I just wanted to say, well, how do I get to that? how do we get to the next level of reach of, of people? And I had gone to a couple of festivals uh, along in California um, and seen how some of those were done and, and was inspired by that, you know, sort of helped inform some of the things that, that, that we put together. But um, yeah, it's a pretty, it's it, to jump into it is, is pretty, uh, uh, it's, it's a lot of work. It, it can be done of course, but uh, yeah, I would say it's, it's uh it's probably a, it's probably a wise idea to to start off with some basic elements and then as you as you progress and as word gets out in a particular town you can build additional elements um, to be specific on that i would say people could even get together and do uh like a fermented food style potluck i think would be a wonderful way to start actually and kind of get the type of people together in the first place who you know would want to even consider these types of events yeah, I would agree. It's probably a really, yeah, it feels like a really smart idea to gauge community interest ahead of time, see what kind of events. I mean, like, obviously, uh, the two of you had a lot of experience with that in San Diego, right? right. And um, I'm sure that any time you're going into new territory, 
somewhat gamble, like, you know, invest a lot of time and, and energy into this, this kind of project. So I think, you know, for, for each and every person, each and every place, it's going to be a very different new experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, that's what makes it fun, Tara. Yeah. You totally pick up on that as it does. It makes it a fun new experience. I mean, what better way to learn from some of the best makers all around the nation you know, for myself, I'm a food hobbyist, so I love meeting all these new makers and trying their different ferments and seeing their different styles and and seeing what's popular in different communities and maybe, you know, what other communities haven't had a chance to really get exposed to. Like, I met a young lady at the festival who, um, she tried some of my uh, Chardonnay-flavored Jun at a farmer's market where I was telling folks about the festival, and she came to the festival expecting to leave with a Jun culture, so... Okay, so you can't mention a Chardonnay uh, flavored Jun and, and not explain a little bit more. So, what, what is this? <laughs> We're drinking it right now, actually. Goodness. It's a 2015 uh, August vintage Chardo Jun, as we call it. <laughs> and the way it's made is, I take some uh, local honey, of course, and make uh, make raw Jun, and then from there, I uh, harvest some fresh Chardonnay grapes that are growing actually out on the the back balcony here of the place we're at and um and just take those and i juice those grapes and then i i remove my culture from the jun and then i add the actual grapes to flavor them for a couple days and then i strain out the organic material and bottle it up and uh let it build some pressure and you get this delicious uh fresh chardonnay aroma uh, that comes along with with the jun flavors so yeah a lot of layers to it yeah, you're actually talking to us while we're in a very lavish studio. We have like There's a hot tub outside. Um, lots of beautiful women all over the place. And I mean, that was that was a little. All all of the women left. They're gone. But, um, but it's great. We're having a great time, and it, it's the best studio. Yeah. It's like the post OFF studio. Mm-hmm. Right. OFF, uh, hashtag OFF, Oregon Fermentation Festival, just for future reference. Yeah, and that, that's 2015. <laughs> but you can you can count on a, a 2016 too. So that's pretty exciting. And I'm really curious. Uh, you know, two of you, what what's next? San Diego again? Or, what what are you looking forward to in your your next production? Yeah, I think uh, San Diego is coming around the bend. Um, we had a we had a, a picture perfect day there uh, last. Well, actually, this year is February first, so uh, the next festival will be will be January thirty first, twenty sixteen, and that's in Encinitas, which is a lovely little beach town just north of, of the city of San Diego. Um, beautiful farm there, and. Uh, yeah, we're, we're looking to take what we learned from here in Oregon. And like you said, it, it's all about creating a multi-sensory, multi-dimensional experience for people. So um, uh, we had some really great makers. We had some really great speakers. So we're going to keep that, that and, of course, add in some new things like the musical things and um, all the things that were sort of um, people really dig. So that's that's that. And then, I don't know, we're, um, we're contemplating uh, additional cities, you know. Are you considering anywhere beyond the West Coast? <laughs> it's funny you mention that. Yeah. You're a very perceptive interviewer there, <laughs> Brandon. <laughs> I mean, there's 
potential uh, the, the Middle Tennessee area is, is, is pretty appealing, Nashville. Um, and not to name any names, but you know the most major metropolitan area in the nation doesn't have a proper fermentation festival as of yet. So you mean on the west coast? Oh, oh, that's uh, right. In the, the, the most major, <laughs> the biggest. Uh, that's right, city of the United States. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So we've got, we know we know people, and I'm like nodding my head over Tar's direction like that. No, that no people. <laughs> Because of course, her awesome travels and meeting you know hundreds, if not thousands, of really cool people around the country. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of interest uh, in different parts of the country where um, you know people are 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 living like the fermenters are living very busy lives to keep up and have a hard time. You know, just to gather the infrastructure to actually put a festival together, mm. find a great location, and you know just. The, the entire production of it. I mean, that's, you know, that's such a huge part of the making it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, yeah. The, yeah. Um, right. Like we said before, time and energy. So it's, a lot of hard work, a lot of, uh, yeah. Uh, and a lot of, a little bit of luck, I would say, you know, mm-hmm. timing and uh, this might not even be possible to answer, but what, what do you prefer more now that you've, you know, fermented plenty and uh, put on these workshops and uh, and events and festivals. Do you like the community aspect more or the food aspect? Ooh. Oh wow, that's that's like that's like asking which one of your children is your favorite. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the food is still what you know the, what inspires, and there's always new new recipes and new ways to you know new things to, to learn and you know new different terroirs of, of, you know, fermentiness from East coast to West coast. And so I don't think that's ever going to stop, but there, there is a, there is a distinct joy um, that we get from, you know, standing, standing in the middle of the field when the, when the festivals are going on and just seeing people, you know, just the communities that we helped to build, you know, that we're sort of not build, but like reinforcing and, and connecting is, uh, is also very rewarding. So, you know, not, not to be understated. So, I mean, I, I want to continue to do both, you know, keep playing with our food and uh, as well as creating communities. That's the mission of the Fermenters Club. And what Austin highlights is really the harmony between the two. Yeah, it's it's almost like not choosing between two children. It's almost like the same child um, or at least conjoined twins. But <laughs> what we talk about is because, you know, one of the things we see is the it stretches folks' uh, creativity when you get so many wonderful beings or, you know, in the creative spaces and you know they're doing great work by themselves but for them to come out and see what other beings like themselves who they never get to see or they may just know of this other this other maker but has never actually met them before to get them together it it really makes them push on up with um, with the men with basically the food creativity um, and I'm looking forward to seeing that uh, that really thrive actually as a result of the festivals as well so we're really just Putting this community to work to make more delicious food for us in the end. Selfish <laughs> motive. <laughs> and of course, at the same time, the community like wouldn't exist without the food, right? Like you right. said, the food inspires the community. She's like such a beautiful thing about fermentation. I mean, you're, you know, you're working in community all the time, whether it's like. A- in collaboration right right and and the thread that runs through all of all practically every culture you know like uh, of our of our own ancestry you know 
that's that's the thing that continues to keep me keep me amazed and inspired about like yeah that's been going on for eons so we're now at it we're now in an era in which you know telecommunications and human communication is instantaneous and universal and so seeing those those ancient traditions sort of woven together um is is it's cool it's like the integration of of things that never would have existed you know thousand two thousand years ago you know it's like so that's kind of yet another sort of philosophical thing yeah. I get out of this this whole uh, fermenting aspect. Yeah, it sounds like you're doing you're doing great work, and I agree with everything that everyone's been saying. And before we uh, you know kind of start to wrap up here, though, I hear something about a T-shirt. What was this? Oh. What was this T-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I uh, I woke up in the middle of the night and wanted to have I had like this idea of like we got we got to be a little bolder here with with what we're what our mission is. So, um, and what he means by mission is the mission of, uh, fermenters club, our lifestyle, our fermentation lifestyle brand clothing line of the club. Right. Right. And to remind, to remind listeners that our mission is to improve people's lives by teaching them why and how to make and enjoy fermented foods and to create communities that are connected through our guts. So bold mission, you know, It'll be over when there's a fermentation crock in every home in the world. <laughs> then, then, then I can rest. Then we can rest. <laughs> but uh, um, no. So I was like, okay, what could be what could be something that you know? Part it, there's some truth to it, but it's really more of like uh, people would look at it and say, oh. So um, the cat, the tagline of the of the shirt is is fermented food saves lives, and it's uh, it's a picture of intersecting cucumber pickles that sort of make like the, the red cross plus, <laughs> and then there's a life ring around it. And so when I woke up, I was like, okay, I, I, I can visualize this, but I'm not an artist. So who do I know? Oh my God. And of course, Tara was the first person I thought of. So, um, I commissioned Tara to, uh, I told her my idea and, you know, and Tara is somebody that would, would, would have said like, oh, that's stupid Austin or, but she didn't. And she's like, let me work yeah. on it. <laughs> so, uh, but hey, on a more serious note, actually, about that shirt, you know, one of the things I've been so interested because I haven't seen Tara for nearly two years, and one of the things I'm really interested in is some of the stories she's brought back from the road. So, Tara, I'm just kind of curious, people that you've met along the way who might have serious ailments, um, that they've actually found relief through fermented foods. Have you met folks like that? Are there any stories you can go off the top of your head? Is there like a short story you could give us about I've definitely that? met a handful of people who, you know, believe that fermented foods have completely steered them or their families in a direction towards major health improvement, especially in the Midwest. I feel like um, I, I met a lot of people who had gut ailments and, Fermented foods really helped with their mm. their autoimmune deficiencies. Or even, I guess I have I have friends in New York too who were really yeah. Fermented I bet you met a lot. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people have been convert who are even like working in fermentation now, doing a lot of fermentation education because mm. they like this saved me. Like I have mm. fermented foods to thank for my health, for my well being. So, right. yeah. They're definitely. It's not really hyperbole, you know. It's it's it, for some people that is that is the truth. But you know, the idea was to to have people who you know don't 
maybe aren't aware of food, fermented foods, like kind of do a double take and, and maybe start a conversation, you know, like, well, what, what do you mean? You know, and mm-hmm. what are fermented food? You know, so that, that was the idea is to be a little bit bold, a little bit provocative and, uh, you know, can continue on with the mission. So, um, I don't know if you saw the, uh, so I'll send you a pic over the, uh, the interwebs there, Brandon. Yeah. I'll make sure that see. it ends up in the, uh, in the show notes. I think I, now that you've described it all, I think I've seen it on your Facebook, uh, page. I think you had posted oh, something about, yeah. um, about the design. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I'll put, make sure that that ends up in the show notes so that everyone can see it. Um, and is that something that you actively sell now or was that only at the festival? Uh, yeah, it'll be on our, it'll be in our store or from our club store and I'll, um, Yep, very shortly. So I just have to yeah, and this get our is... IT guy to do it. And this is actually a shirt that was has been in the making for well over a year, which is really funny because like, you know, I, I was really busy and I kinda like sketched it over time and then I had made a hard time figuring out what I wanted to use for the font and then I finally figured out the font while I was in Seattle recently on break and so you know, this is something that Yeah. We spent a lot of time on, mm-hmm. and we're really happy it's here. And it was like it was the hottest seller at shirt. Yeah, wise. it was like by a two to one margin. It was um, it was the hottest selling shirt by far there at, at the booth. So congratulations, Tara. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks. That makes me really proud. That was all worth it. That year and a half. That year and a half. So it sounds like, dear listener, you better get out and uh, order this as soon as it's available because they're going to go quick. Um, well, any other last things you want to uh, add? Anything else that's going to be coming up? I just uh, a minor. It's not really. I guess it's a minor appearance. That, um, oh, yeah. I'm actually doing my first um, International. Uh, Spanish language workshop down in uh, Tijuana uh, next month. Not me personally, because with my four semesters of community college Spanish, that, w- <laughs> that wouldn't work. But I've got a good friend who. Uh, She's actually worked with us. Um, she's from Mexico City, and she got this gig. It's called. It's at the Baja Culinary Fest, which is the weekend of uh, October eighth through eleventh in uh, in Tijuana, you know, celebrating the, the the food and beverage culture that's going on down there. I mean, there's a, there's a beautiful wine country, and there's hot there's stuff happening. So anyway, so uh, we're going to be doing a workshop within that fest. Um, I believe we're teaching a, a bunch of chefs too. So it'll be. Many, many layer, you know, it's, we're always up for a new challenge. So like teaching in Spanish and teaching people who already get food is, uh, makes it, makes it a challenge. But yeah, so that's, that's my next appearance. And then, you know, we'll have more workshops, uh, throughout, uh, the, the autumn. So those are my, uh, immediate next gigs. How about Great. the, the, what, how did you refer to yourself? The food maker, hobbyist, food Brent? Food hobby. Yeah. Do you, do you have anything anything coming up or any new inventions that you're working on besides that Chardonnay gin? Oh well, the way this usually works is he comes up with the ideas, and then I spend my you know days and nights attempting to implement them <laughs> as fast oh. as possible. So. <laughs> Where can people go to 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 find out more um, events and? Know what you're doing? Yeah, we we got we've got a blog from interestclub.com. And we're on all the social media. Instagram is a Fermenters Club is there our handle. Facebook uh, is Fermenters because we got that uh, had that up for a while. Um, we get our newsletter. We see see videos. We got a YouTube channel. All sorts of ways to uh, uh, to learn about what we're up to and recipes and 
techniques and all that good stuff. And you can email us through the website as well um, if you have uh, ideas for areas that you think would be worthy of a festival or places where you're just trying to get tips on really how to get um, a community together focused around fermented foods and beverages. Uh, and you can always reach out to us with those ideas. Our experience, um, I think, is really valuable to anybody who's uh, thinking in that way. Yeah. Yeah, and all those things will be in the in the show note too. And thanks for everything that you're doing for the fermentation space. Thank you so much for that. Thanks for having us on, Brandon. And uh, it's 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 our passion. So again, all those will be in the, the show notes, and uh, you can find those at firmup.com/podcast/slash/98. And you can also get in contact with us at firmup on Twitter or Facebook. And until next time, firm up.